This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com. That's B-A-R-E boatalaska.com and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Ryan and John and I are going to talk about our caribou hunt that we have coming up. We leave on Saturday, so this will be coming out when we're up there. Hopefully we already have a caribou down. But uh, yeah, heading to the Brooks Range. And yeah, what are you what do you what are your thoughts? What are you are you sleeping at all? Very little. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, sleeping sleeping pretty good. I'm sure Friday night's going to be pretty exciting. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, going to be an adventure. So farthest north I've I've ever gone. So yeah, I've been trying to f- visualize things and to kind of help from the potential for just being overwhelmed when you get up there. And it's just that expanse of tundra. Um, I've been up there once for the March hunt, and they're just completely different because it was snow everywhere but just kind of getting that rolling the endless series of rolling hills much much different than what we have down here so it'll be really really cool i'm excited for that but um i think frame of reference is also something that's going to be a little bit weird or um you're looking out we might see something it might be a lot further than we think or maybe it's not and you know people tell stories about thinking it's a a grizzly bear a long way away but it's like a mouse really close or something you know weird stuff like that yeah Yeah, so um not to get too psyched out so i've been kind of visualizing you know when i'm shooting my bow um a caribou you know and then kind of being from behind some bushes and kind of walking up a bush or something like that trying to visualize as much of that as possible so uh, you can't totally prepare yourself but maybe get in the right headspace as much as possible so yeah, I've been uh, watching a lot of YouTube. There's there, there's a lot of guys out there that have uh, done the hunt that we're going to do. So it's kind of cool to go see their perspective and actually see what a caribou looks like. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's weird, too, to think about like, down here hunting for blacktail. You kind of look at the points or look at the spread odds. You know, it's a really nice, tall, wide, forky. I'll take it. Or, you know, this is a four-point or four-by-three. That's a nice-looking deer. Whereas up there, there's so many things coming off it. Yeah, it's just overwhelming. So you check, you know, spread, height, double shovel, those sort of things. But that'll be the first good size one we see. I mean, I might pass out. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what to expect. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've never seen a caribou. So you know, talking about the antlers and stuff like that, I I don't even know what I'm looking for. Uh, just kind of just looking for some meat in the yeah. adventure so yeah i think that's a good place to be too if we had paid thousands of dollars to be able to go up there you know paying for out-of-state license i don't know what the, i think it's probably eight, six eight hundred bucks or something like that for the tag probably at least four right if a black-tailed deer is 300 might be able to look it up um i mean it's going to be a lot of money a lot of extra money and if it's the only time you're ever going to come to alaska to do a hunt or if that's your kind of iconic hunt then you might be a little bit more desperate to shoot something bigger yeah but you know there's a chance that if we really like this then then maybe do it again or you know maybe look into a different opportunity but uh 
I'm definitely not going to be sorting through unless you see a bunch of like spike types and also cows have antlers too. So we want to make sure we don't uh, take out a cow. Yeah. Which for residents, we, we can't actually shoot a cow, yeah. but it's not why I'm going up there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to keep my expectations low as far as the size of the animal, just cause I don't want to, you know, picture this big giant double shovel, you know, the back scratchers animal in yeah. my brain. Like that's what I want. I'm just, just going to look for a, uh, good animal so yeah yeah so we can get uh multiple but it'd be nice if just two of us if we both get one i think that would be that would be great don't want to get greedy and start shooting two yeah or three we don't have the cooler space for it either no yeah that's another thing is we're trying to plan uh we're coming from catch can so we're trying to plan on what do we bring how do we maximize our luggage together like um my bow is going in your case and then we're bringing up a rifle probably going to be putting other stuff in the rifle case and um, yeah, cause we're only allowed 50 pounds. We're going in the state. So I think we're allowed three total check bags, but That's the so cooler nice. backpack weapon case, uh, there goes our three. So, yeah. um, yeah. Is there something you bought specifically for this trip as far as gear or otherwise? Uh, other than food, no, pretty much I've decided that I'm fairly well dialed in. You know, there's some stuff like, uh, I probably should have updated just cause you know, they're reaching the end of their lifespan, like a pair of gloves or whatever. But, uh, as far as specific for this hunt, no. Um, pretty much, I've grown this uh, this gear list to what I've got now over many many years um, of just hunting and stuff. So yeah. deciding what I need and what I can justify. So yeah, the one thing I bought specific for this was a mosquito net. Oh yeah. I don't have one, but now I do. And there have been times that I've wished I had one up on the Alpine Mountains up here. It's just pretty. Horrible. Okay, just looked it up. It's six hundred and fifty dollars for a non-resident tag. And what's the license? Licenses. Um, let's see here. The new fishing game app is pretty cool. Yeah. It's nice to have the regulations right there, and you can. I think you can file your hunt from the app too. That's a cool thing to I have. I believe you can. Uh, I know if you have your fishing license on there, that that counts as. So you don't have to have to have a printed copy of it. So if you get asked to provide your license, you can just show them the license on there. Oh. It's right there at the top. We're staring at that the whole time. So it looks like 160 bucks. 160. So 160 yeah. for the license. Was it 650 for the tag? Yep. And that's all over the counter. Um, Plus. Yeah, it's still, that's a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit more. And then uh, further travel, Alaska Airlines is pretty good about uh, taking care of residents. So, but uh, yeah, again, you know, this is something that we could definitely do again if we wanted to. But, um, you know, other people could be their only one. So. I think, uh, and I'm hoping, I think we should just be pretty calm and just enjoy the whole thing. Mm -hmm. People go up there just for the sake of going up there, going above the Arctic Circle, Brooks Range, hiking around like that in itself is a, is an adventure that's, that's worth it. So the fact that we get a hunt is going to be cool. Yeah. So this is a pretty cool trip. You know, we're in Southeast, so you and I, we have an all day flight just to get to Fairbanks. We leave here, I think 10 o'clock and then we got two or three hour layover in Anchorage and then we finally get to Fairbanks at 8.30 at night and we're still in the same state. Yeah. But then we're not even to the hunting grounds. Then we yeah. got to pick up a truck and go get groceries and fuel because we can't fly with fuel yeah. uh, which is smart. I get that. But then we got to drive how many yeah. hours and um, and we're still within the same state which I think is pretty it's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. We're pretty much going from the southernmost point to almost the northernmost point and that's uh, yeah. That's pretty sweet. 
It just yeah. shows the difference. You know, it, it, the distance is like a Florida up to a, I don't know, Illinois or something like that. Just a massive change in terrain. So when people talk about hunts and talk about Alaska and they assume that, oh, you're from Alaska, you've probably done this. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, that's a stretch. It's black, a trip. Black tail, black bear, you know, mountain goat stuff that's around here. But there's just a lot of stuff that takes a little bit to get to. And it's, you know, kind of you want to go up there and do it but at the same time it's not like you can't just make a weekend out of it yeah yeah and you're yeah. certainly not <laughs> not bored with the stuff down here and some of the people that are up on the on the highway up there you know you can drive up to anchorage and you can do a lot of stuff in there and same thing with fairbanks you have hunts that are available to you just by driving same thing with fishing you know but down here it's just you know we're pretty limited but yeah. at the same time like alpine for sick black deer it's just so fun yeah oh Such yeah a great time yep August, September. That's 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 where it's at. So, yeah. yeah, you know, scouting spots in the tundra. You know, hundreds of miles are bl- just let's see here, shrinking or I guess blowing up the map to see southeast way down here where all my tracks and everything are, and then where we're going, it's just like yeah. whoa. It's yeah. it's it's been a weird scout too because if you look at the mountains down here, you're looking for the same sort of topography. You're looking for yeah, that stuff that has timber for safety, uh, nice rocky terrain with, um, you know, the nice areas that there's going to be plenty of food for the deer. And you can just almost pick any alpine on the mountains down here and there's going to be deer there. There might not be a lot. It might not necessarily have big genes, but it's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. Um, same thing, you know, you're looking for clear cuts, musk eggs, you know, it's pretty easy to track that out. But if you're looking at a migratory animal like the caribou, it's so different. You might look at this is going to be awesome because you can get up of, up above the tussocks a little bit. And so maybe it's going to be a good glassing vantage. But if the herd's not there, the herd's not there. So you're either hoping for scragglers or, you know, you're hoping that the, the herd passes by, but that's going to be a totally different thing. You yeah. to be able to do that. But it will be nice to be able to relocate or to hike, and then you can glass a lot further here. If you glass across and you happen to see some, some deer on a different mountain peak, like you're you're not running down that mountain across the basin and then up the other mountain. You're not doing that in a day or two. No, yeah, you're pretty much committed. Yeah. Like when you go up, that's, that's kind of where, where you're committed to, at least for down here, so. Up there, we'll have the advantage of, uh, you know, if we don't see anything here, let's drive another 20, 50 miles. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. 
All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Yeah. The, what happens when the first stock doesn't go right? Because you just have to count that that's going to happen. So how many of those and how painful is it going to be when, oh, dude, there's one. Okay, drive, drive past and I'll do this. Or, yeah, I mean, that happens with archery hunting as it is. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a different thing to, to deal with. Uh, it could just be like a fun game. Yeah. Or it could also be horribly frustrating. I don't know. We'll see. Could, it could depend on sleep and food, but it seems like we have plenty of food. Yes. So I'm thinking, you know, the first two, three days, it'll be like, okay, this is fun. You know, we're, we're getting into care if we get into caribou. Uh, you know, we're getting stocks in here and there. Um, about day four or five, if we don't have anything on the ground, probably start to get a little frustrated just because, uh, yeah. you know, we are spending not a bunch of money, but we are spending money to get up there, you know, truck rental and food and airplane and this and that. It would be nice to bring something home. So about four, day four or five, we might we might be feeling some frustration, but mm-hmm. just go on to the next one. Yeah. I mean, you can't really beat yourself up too bad. I think planning to hike a long way, I think, is a good thing to have because even if you don't, it's still you're prepared to do that. You're not looking for a slam dunk. Yeah. Like some people have their expectations when they come up here to fish is, of, uh, you know, 30 pound King, 40 pound King slam dunk. And if it doesn't happen, you start getting stressed out and same thing can happen with hunting. You know, I watched all these hunting videos and people come to Prince of Wales. They come to catch a can, they go to Sitco, they go to Huna and they get these four point bucks with eye guards and they're massive. Might not happen. You no, know, you might only see a couple of spikes. You might not even be able to see anything because of the weather. Yeah. Yeah, we so, could go up there and it just rains or snows the whole time. Oh, yeah, the snow on the forecast would be crazy. So, I don't know. I, I think based on the fact that I've seen that a lot, um, hopefully that will prevent me from getting too upset. But I think me, like everybody else, is prone to frustration. So, um, you got to get, uh, get get some warm food in you and, and get back after it. But Another good thing we have on our side is uh, apparently it does not get dark up there. So, uh, we <laughs> we could be putting yeah. stocks and animals you know way late and way early so should yeah. be fun yeah i just hope that uh i know i i don't have a long like that seven eight day hunt experience where you just don't sleep like i tend to sleep i enjoy sleeping i value my sleep yeah so we'll see what Same happens here. if if it's just like a solar powered energy and for the entire time we're just so amped up that we can just keep going or for at some point you know day four or five you're just like dude wall hit a wall but you got to push through it because we're going to be up there for we got seven hunting days is that right five hunting five days. Hun- yeah yep. seven so, total days uh we got a day of just flying you know airport to airport and then we give ourselves a day for driving yeah five days of hunting um which depending on how fast we get up there would give us more time to hunt mm-hmm. um so and then a day to drive back and a day to fly so yeah but uh yeah just go hard and fast for five days and see what happens What's, uh, what have you heard about caribou meat? I know I, br- I brought some down from March, and I was really excited because I thought that getting a caribou in March that's 
pawing at snow to get to a little bit of lichen. You know, there's not a whole lot of food. I figured that that time of year that it was just going to taste like jerky. It was going to be either very strong or just dry or something. But maybe it's because I shot a cow, um, which, of course, was legal. So um, it was really good. Very, very, very lean, but, uh, but super good, super tender. What, uh, what are your food prospects if we do happen to get one? Well, definitely going to have to try to make some over a fire um, just to test it out. Um, but uh, I think you gave me a little bit of the cow that you shot, and she was awesome. She yeah. just uh, reminded me of venison, um, elk, or deer. So it was it was good. No complaints. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm curious as to see, like, you know, like down here, uh, August buck tastes different than a November buck. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion, the August bucks are just phenomenal. They got a lot of fat on them. They're not chasing does and doing all that stuff um haven't shed their fat yet so i'm wondering if early august up there when they're still in their velvet if it's going to be this similar case scenario you know they'll have fat on them and um yeah it'll be a learning curve for sure it ought to taste good yeah yeah it, it will certainly taste very very good especially depending on how much the pack is mm-hmm. and given the expense of the hunt that's going to be uh added flavor as well mm-hmm. we'd thought about doing a little fly out but that's pretty expensive and then also if you do have a limited time frame getting out to somewhere and then getting snowed in getting rained in weathered in like that adds a different uh different dynamic so it's nice to at least be able to be mobile if need be um and and not have that uh, chance of being weathered in we'll save that for a sheep hunt yeah and uh when we were trying to plan a fly out uh that was earlier this year i think february when the tags come out and we didn't get anything which is fine um just another year um we were looking at a map seeing what's available as to over the counter and um so we start calling some places and they said pretty much um you know you figure out where you want to go and we'll drop we'll see if we can get you there it's like all right well being from southeast uh I don't know if there's caribou there. I don't know if there's moose there. I don't know. You know, so this was kind of like, um, this was, I think this was plan a, and then we kind of pushed it off the table and then we came back to plan a after we've gone through like plan D Mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, well let's just go up there and, you know, go check this thing out and go hopefully get a caribou. So it was a little frustrating trying to do the, uh, fly out thing just because, I know nothing about that area up there, so I don't know where the caribou are going to migrate. And um, wasn't, you know, it's really hard to call up one of those places and be like, uh, "I want to go shoot a caribou. Where can you drop me off?" Yeah, because uh, <laughs> they're not going to say, you know, "Oh, well, I've shot a lot of caribou right here. Let me drop you off there." Yeah. I don't know who you are. Yeah, exactly. I probably wouldn't do you. the same thing for someone down here. Yeah. Like, I want to go shoot a big old buck. Okay, exactly. go in the woods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's kind of. It was it was a little tough, so I I think we're gonna have a great trip and it's it's we're gonna learn some things and it'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for to see the terrain and then also look at other possibilities of other hunts. You know, be in the Fairbanks area for a little bit and kind of look around and think, okay, this is what it's looking like. This is what's going on here on um, the drive up. You see in the train, then uh, getting good look good look at the brooks because obviously you're thinking at some point I I want to go sheep hunting. I know you've yeah. gone sheep hunting. Um, but just looking at the different mountains, I know the mountains, uh, that Brooks range compared to the Alaska's compared to some of the other ranges, you know, they're all different. They have their, their unique character. So, uh, it'd be cool to kind of see that and maybe do a little, if we have some time to a little, little scouting, just at least looking around a little bit yeah. to see what, what it would be if you are planning something in the future, 
um, just makes a big difference. I know people get overwhelmed. I, when Ab, I was down there hunting elk with Abby, just totally different terrain and it just a little bit of experience and seeing it in person is so, so much better than e-scouting. E-scouting can give you a basic idea, but then what that looks like in, in real life is, can be way, way different. So seeing that I think will be good for future hunts too. And, you know, if I never go back up there, maybe I don't, but, um, it'll be cool to, to see it and experience it. For sure. For sure. And if anything, it'll give you more experience for like traveling from here for the following years, the logistics and yeah. stuff like, well, what we did this time with our meat, if provided we get something and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that didn't work out too well. What if we tried B, you know? Yeah. Size of cooler, um, other gear, you know, I think we've got it pretty pared down. Uh, I think we probably could pare it down more if need be, but you know, you definitely want, want to have a level of comfort. You know, yeah. The more minimalist you are, I think sometimes it's, there's only, there, there's a limit to how wet and how miserable you can be. Um, so I think that, uh, if you're going to hunt hard and you're going to make the most of the trip, then you got to have at least a level of comfort that's going to allow you to do that. Yeah. And what we have planned here is we're going to, I mean, we're bringing up two tents, but we may or may not, uh, camp, um, in the same tent or we might not split up, but just camp separately. So that way we each have our own separate room. Um, you know, riding out a storm and stuff like that. Uh, when I went to Edelin, um, me and my buddy, we each brought our separate tents and he was 30 feet away, 40 feet away. And I had my little spot and we had to ride out a storm and that was pretty nice not being next to the, next to the guy. That was, I think that was a 10 day trip. Um, so that was pretty nice. It's not as long as this trip, but, uh, um, just having an e- even a spare so if a tent blows up in a windstorm yeah. and we got another one same yeah. with the stove and it's kind of a little bit redundant and we don't have to take it with us we can always leave it in the truck um but just the option yeah i think there's a difference too between using the vestibules and then also having it inside with you i think it helps to dry a little bit mm-hmm. or at least warm the wet a little bit been stuck up on mountains a couple of times that it's nice to kind of hang things and if it wasn't my wife you know just a lot of extra or lack of movement and a lot of extra wet clothes there. So I think that'll be, uh, that'll be good there. Yeah. Yep. You sure you're not taking the hot tent? We can take it, man. I just <laughs> don't want the bugs to, uh, pick us yeah, up I and, uh, so, pack us away. So, so horrible. Yeah. So I horrible. Would love to bring it, but it's like, uh, I think that would be a rookie move. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're bringing mosquito nets. I haven't brought in a mosquito net, uh, anywhere else on any of my hunts so no they're they're annoying up here but they don't um it seems like it's just a, a different level up there yeah i mean watching some of those videos on on online there you just seeing some of those guys just their hat is just covered in mosquitoes yeah. just like uh, yeah no it's, it's not a matter of will it's not a matter of that it's a matter of you can't really function yeah the worst i have mosquitoes i was ever in was actually down in colorado it was a really wet spring so it was early summer, I think it was maybe June, and we were down in this like cow pasture area where this river went through. We went there to, to go fishing. They had these little access spots. And between the cows and the cow crap and the rain and the runoff, there's so much moisture and there was so much just breeding ground for mosquitoes. It was we would fish about three, four seconds, and I was like, Okay, this is Whew. this is a little crazy. So I'm like, I'm gonna try to like fish and move and then Maybe five minutes we lasted. I was like, I'm, wow. I'm, I'm out of here. But Sounds like misery. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. 
it's horrible. And I like to fish, but yeah, there's no way that we're gonna chicken out and just stay in the truck. Yeah. So, got to put up with a li- little bit of misery anyway. Hundred percent. So, yeah. Well, that's uh, I'll probably about do it for the preview. All right. Hopefully, we have an exciting recap. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it. All right, man. No end of stuff. So. Sounds good. Cool. All right. All right.